What is up, everyone? Happy Monday. I'm Chris Manning. That is my co-partner, my partner in crime, my buddy that I sat with on Media Row at Cavs Jazz on Sunday night. Uh, that's Evan Damerill. On today's show, Locked on Cavs, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. We are going to talk about Cavs Wizards from Friday, Cavs Jazz from Sunday, and we're going to talk about one Darius Garland who, folks, is pretty freaking good at basketball. Before we get into today's show, though, I want to thank you for making Locked on Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. And the best way to support the show right now is if you're not on our YouTube already, go ahead and subscribe for us on YouTube and uh, hit sm- click those books for us. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Price Picks. Check out Price Picks today with all of their great DFS and use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store and download the app today. Remember, Price Picks daily fantasy made easy. Evan, an eventful weekend of Cavs basketball, capped off by Cavs Jazz on Sunday night. We're not going to, obviously, just because it's the weekend, we're covering some weekend games and things. We're not going to do the awards and sort of the deep dive breakdown that say we may do after the Cavs play the Bucks um, in Milwaukee on Monday night. But Cavs win in Washington on Friday, kind of boat race the Wizards, uh, got seemingly annoyed Bradley Beal, and then they lost to the Jazz 109-108 to on Sunday in a game where they were down eight in the third quarter, I literally said to you, I think they're going to lose this one. And they did, so I'm like technically right, but they came back, fought really hard, had a chance to win it late. We'll dive into that end of the possession stuff, I think, in detail. But first off, buddy, how are you? I'm good, man. It was really good to sit with you. Thank you for picking me up before the game. Really appreciate that, of course. Hey, yeah, well. we had a we had a nice caffeinated beverage at a locally owned coffee shop. Shop local um, if you can, folks, especially during the yeah, holidays. Just, this is a good business opportunity just, to support local businesses, especially black-owned businesses. We should get back on that initiative to shouting out black-owned businesses in Cleveland. But yeah. it yeah, was yeah. a good time, man. Um it was a really fun game, all things considered. You and I both agreed. Like, I thought about midway through the third. I thought this one's over, over for the Cavs. And they, they fought hard. I'm talking about Utah, of course. The uh, the ass-kicking that they had against Washington was just an awesome game in itself, too. But, yeah, uh, good weekend for the Cavs. I'm sure a little disappointing if you're, like, a diehard fan. Um, I'm sure there are certain fans out there that are punching air every time Darius Garland does well without Colin Saxon. So... It's just weird times, but to get in that kind of camp. But you know, this is this is a fun team. It's uh, you know what you can't expect them to go. Well, they've lost ten game, eleven games before this, but you can't expect them to go seventy-two and ten this year. Like I think that's unrealistic. So they're gonna lose one every now and then. But like they have in every loss this year, have remained competitive. So it's been it's been a really good time for them. All right, let's go back to Friday first and start there. We'll work chronologically through this weekend. Cavs win Friday, 116-101. to 101. Jared Allen had 28-13. and 13. Darius Garland had 32 points, 10 assists, and 11-17 shooting. He did, just for for record-keeping purposes, had seven turnovers. He was 5-6 from three, 5-5 five, five from the line. Kevin Love had 13 off the bench. Rubio had seven on 3-11 shooting. 
overall uh Cavs just kind of got really ahead in that one uh won the third quarter by f- the second quarter excuse me by 14 points like it didn't really matter that they lost they only scored 17 points in the fourth quarter like you know it wasn't like a complete performance per se but they just kind of dominated the first three and they were able to kind of cruise through the fourth um Evan I, I feel like we should talk about Jared Allen coming out of that one because we're going to talk a lot about Darius Garland Jared Allen was the co-star with 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 Garland I think on Friday yeah, uh, I think it's they, they've been they've really arguably been Cleveland's two best players. It depends on how you feel about Evan Mobley overall. I I said this for write down Euclid, but it kind of feels weird to say that the Cavs are kind of organically building a a new big three, figuratively and literally here with the you know Allen and Mobley being close to seven foot, and then even Garland is pretty short in stature, but he plays pretty big on the court himself, but. Uh, they were the best two players heading through the weekend. I think Mobley's still trying to get back into rhythm, trying to shake off some of the rust. That elbow injury is a little tricky, but you and I were kind of taking notes on Mobley. Just want to focus on him real quick. Like during the game against the Jazz, he was taking threes against Washington. He was taking threes. Um, I asked JB after the game against Washington, his shot was not falling at all. Um, but Mobley still continues to make impacts in other ways in the statue. Like tonight against Utah, he had three assists, one block. I think against the Wizards at the top of my head, he had two or three blocks and four assists as well. So, I think this is a really fun team, but yeah, Garland and Allen for sure have been sticking out, and I, I'm beating the drum for Jared Allen to be an all-star, but I'm not wishing for injuries on any players in the Eastern Conference, but there happens to be any. I think Darius Garland could be a serious option to be a like injury replacement for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think like if we're bet- if I was to like tell you like who I thought the most likely person to be an all-star was um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, it's, I think it's tough it, it if would you be- look at the grand scheme of the Eastern Conference, though. Yeah, I also just, like, haven't, like, done this yet, and I just sort of, like, don't want to, like, I, I just, like, don't want to, like, I just have, it's just, like, feels too early to me, even though it wasn't. Um, I, I think, like, this Cavs win was just sort of impressive because it was just sort of, like, they obviously lost to the Jazz on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But for them to go in and cap off a week where they beat the Heat, um, they beat Dallas, and they win this game, they get to 13-10 and 10 at that point kind of won and and handled this this kind of tough road trip pretty well like very well by all accounts like didn't even have like perfect performances from a lot of different guys like i think this Cavs team like even if we even if like we maybe think okay i think you and i like in terms of where we're at is like we both think they're some version of good we maybe not think they're top six in the east good which some of the people on our live stream last week seem to think that they should like yeah expect to make the six seed it's like we shot the yellow lab during the halftime show (laughs) kind of offended these folks i'm gonna give you one minute in the next segment to vamp about that halftime show because i would like to people because it was like on that and then like the mascot who was like kind of licking the other the other inflatable mascot it was a very weird like set of things going on at that game it's for the kids not that second thing was not for the kids. Absolutely, that wasn't for anyone. No one seemed to like that. But this Cavs seem like is it just in a position where I think like they are some version of good, and for them to go into DC to, um, I mean like the the Beal comments are, are what they are. Like I don't really care. But like to, for him to like they played to their strength. Apparently, Beal tried to correct the comments afterwards, saying instead of a uh, crappy, he said scrappy and was being misquoted. Um, I mean, I, I respect this, I res- this Wizards I, team's weird, man. They have like a weird like grudge against the Cavs. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If this is if everything in some way is pro wrestling, right? And in some version, like sometimes this stuff ends up. It's not all like shoots and works and things, but like yeah. sometimes there's just some friction that happens. Uh, whenever I, it's relatively soon, I think. But whenever the Wizards are playing in Cleveland, Bradley Beal is going to get booed 
Kyle Kuzma's going to get booed. Kyle Kuzma's going to get booed harder. I'm sure there's going to be some Cavs boomers that will never let the 2016 championship go. Sure, and sure, sure, sure. They're, they're going to be like... It's the it's the Cleveland fans who are like, it's Cleveland against the world, and they really embrace that mentality, which, which I respect. It's fine if you want to have that small man syndrome about the Cavs, be my <laughs> guest. But, yeah, Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal are definitely going to get booed. I think Kuzma but, more so because like, to me that, his yeah. comments were all over the news. And, like, I had, yeah. like, my parents who don't watch the Cavs <laughs> saying, who, who the hell is this Kyle Kuzma guy? I'm like, well, no. he wears a pink sweater with the sleeves go to his ankles. What else do you need to know? Okay, well, regardless, like, I think if there is some friction, if there is some heat, like, I think that is fun. They already beat fun. the heat, silly. Okay. But it's not maybe not going to be, like, 23 cent pizzas and Deshaun Stevenson and Jay-Z and Soldier Boy all over again. But, like, I'm here for a little Wizards-Cavs friction. Like, I think that is fun. I like a little beef. I think it's kind of fun. Um, mm. Also, again, I just think, like, Jared Allen... For, for teams that are not like you know we saw some limitations perhaps against Gobert you know we haven't seen him against someone like Embiid this year and etc like and I think there's some stuff there that could be interesting to watch but I think it's interesting to like see him go up against you know a team that started Daniel Gafford who's like a solid NBA center and you know Harrell who played really really well against the Cavs the first time out and should be like in the sixth man of the year conversation and he's having yeah, a I mean, really really good he year. played so well that Jared Allen said the Cavs took that personally that he dominated yeah. them in the and paint. Jared so they, Allen they, they made like a yeah. concerted effort to like stop him because yeah. they're like oh they, they he embarrassed us in our house let's go embarrass them in yeah. theirs and like alan had a case of the heralds in washington on friday yeah so like the Cavs went out did really well in that game and jared allen was very good um evan after the break let's talk about Cavs jazz a game that w- was had a lot going on it was a little all over we the gotta place talk about but... fly ball too the real topic that matters it's true uh but first gotta tell everyone about our friends at prize picks Prize picks, as we said at the top, is daily fantasy made easy, and it's it's really simple to do. All you got to do is pick, um, a, you know, pick a couple, two to five players in an over under in their projection. You're going up to ten times as much on any entry, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offer all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize picks allows a mixed sports entry. So you can take the over, let's say, on LeBron, combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. All you got to do is, again, use their award-winning app that's available both on the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. It is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And look, all you can, if you want to take full advantage of this as a Locked On Cavs listener, use the promo code NBA, and you're going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, promo code NBA for that hundred up to $100 match at price picks today's episode of locked on Cavs is also brought to you by direct tv stream does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and it's a great way to finally get your tv together it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another, another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
All right, Evan. Uh, let's get into Cavs Jazz. Cavs again lose this one. As an aside, real quick from mm-hmm. the Directv stream ad, uh, it's compatible with PlayStation Fives as one of like the few ten people in the world who have one. So it, it it literally is true, folks. You never need to buy another device ever again because if you want to buy a PS Five, you're never gonna yes. get one. It's fair. Cavs Chris was telling one. me a story before the game about how a, a mom had a moment that Target is out of PS Fives. Yeah, being on the ward right now is a wild time. All right, 109 to 108, Jazz beat the Cavs. Cavs go to 13 and 11. They were down by 8 at one point again in the third quarter, came all the way back with Darius Garland and, some, and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen on the bench. Jetty Osmond was I th- back from injury, was incredible in this game. Um, stat-wise for the Cavs, Darius Garland, 31 points and 5 assists, and 11 of 19 shooting, 5-8 from 3. Jared Allen had 17 and 10. Mobley had 14-12 in a block and a steal, also had 3 assists. Um, Isaac Okoro had six points on two of nine, shooting two of seven from three. Kind of a tough offensive night for him, and they let him shoot some threes. Kevin Love was only one of six. Jetty Osmond, though, 21 minutes, four of seven from the field, two of five from three, 11 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals. Ricky Rubio, 15 on six of 11, shooting head, two assists, and four rebounds. All right, Evan, um, all right, well, let's go to the end of this game because I think that's yeah. sort of the, the big takeaway for me. I think that we've talked a lot about how the Cavs kind of fight, that they deserve a lot of credit for that before. Like, I, I think where we get to the end of this game. Something I, I want to say I didn't realize in real time, um, and I want to shout out Dave DeFore, who first uh, pointed this out on Twitter, the great Dave DeFore from Nerder on The Athletic Go listen to that podcast. I think it's probably my favorite non-lockdown Cavs NBA podcast or non-lockdown podcast. Point out that at the end of the game, the Cavs get a stop. They're, they're down one. They call that timeout with 16 seconds to go. They had a five-on-four advantage at that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this in real time because I kind of just assumed they were going to take the timeout, but Donovan Mitchell had fallen down, and they had a five-on-four. Ruby has the ball in his hands. I know seeing the, the discourse on Twitter is a little like the Cavs were gas, like they needed to take a second to breathe. JB was asked about it post-game and basically said, you know, I thought we could have got a good shot there, but I also just wanted to make sure we got into the right spots. I can, and, and organize. I tend to think they probably, you got to just put your foot on the neck there and, and trust your guys to make plays in that situation. Um, it's a really good advantage, and, and as we'll get into when we break down how the game sort of ended and how the last possession went, we saw just, you gave Utah also a chance to set itself and mm-hmm. not have to scramble in, in it. And it it was one of the reasons why the Cavs didn't get the kind of shot I think they were hoping for. Yeah, it's a big what if, honestly, because Garland was playing with a bit of a hot hand. And out of the timeout, Darius had the ball in his hands to end the game. JB said 10 times out of 10, this is something he would do every time in that situation because he has that faith in Darius Garland. But it does make you wonder that the Cavs are playing five on four with donovan mitchell down just because he was trying to recover that maybe the Cavs get an easier look and they do win this game so like that is a big what if um yeah it's tough when you think about it but like yeah i think you make an argument for both sides of it i mean i don't want to play both sides here but like yes the Cavs probably should have called a timeout to reset it themselves because they could also have a they're a young team they could have like melt down in spectacular fashion and lose the game that way I think JB is just trying to draw the play. He's not very good at drawing out of timeout plays. Like that's one of my biggest complaints to JB Bickerstaff. He is they run the same play and it usually gets defended pretty well every time. Um, I think they need a little versatility in that regard. But yeah, I think just the problem is Utah is a well coached defensive team. They are a veteran team. They are, as Jetty Osmond put it, they are. I wouldn't say necessarily a favorite to make the NBA Finals, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made it out of the Western Conference somehow. 
But as David Locke, if you're listening, please don't slash my paycheck for saying that. But hey, David Locke had a, I was texting him during this game has a lot of positive things to say about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Looking forward to having yeah. breakfast, David. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot now. You, me, and Evan, we're having a we're having a nice breakfast somewhere, a brunch perhaps over All Star Weekend. Let's go to La Petite Triangle and have a nice French breakfast before. Or if we game. need to like, if the city's like a little overwhelmed, which it might be, like there's some, you know, we can. I have a car. We we can figure this out. Chris has a car, folks. Don't worry. But look, Evan and I talked also talked a lot about how cars in downtowns are bad. Shouts to Kevin Sankwitz. Shouts to urbanism. Let's go. For real. Merrill like Justin Bibb lives downtown, doesn't have a car, and that's awesome. Anyway, we agree that e-bikes are the more conventional means of travel because in Thank my you. building, a lot of people have like a lot okay. of Mercedes and Audi. We're done. We're stuff. done. But anyways, next, that we'll save the urbanism for August. Continue. We'll save the urbanism for August. And we need something to complain about. Um, <laughs> this was a good. I mean. I, it's just one of these games where I just shrug my shoulders and go, oh, well, I'm not going to get too caught up in the details. I did not think the Cavs were going to win this game. I thought this was their toughest test, especially for their bigger players. I think Gobert wasn't impactful offensively, but defensively he was felt like he frustrated Jared Allen a lot. I think he frustrated Evan Mobley quite a bit too. Um, I think he kept Larry Markkinen out of rhythm as well. Like Jared, like, Rudy Gobert started their brick shit house. Like the Cavs really weren't getting buckets unless they were able to pull him out a little bit and maybe do some cuts and everything. Like the Cavs altered the formula a little bit to try and make themselves more involved against Utah. But I think like the biggest hangup for me is not just that play, but the fact that Utah just outshot the Cavs from three. They hit six more three-pointers. They attempted 48 overall. JB said that's the biggest reason why they lost. It's not going to be whether he did or didn't call a timeout because they're playing five and four. It's the fact that they allowed 23-pointers to Utah, and Utah shot 48 overall. And like Jetty Osmond will always admire Utah's shot profile, but... I I just shrug my shoulders and say, you know what, this I didn't think they were gonna win this game. I'm happy they've been competitive in every loss, so like I can't complain too much. I can't sit here and say, like, well, this is why it went bad and this is why it went bad. Like, yeah, there's some things I changed, but I understand why JB called the timeout, but I also it is a big what if of what they didn't and just rode with Darius being the hot hand. Yeah. Um here's the how the end of the game goes. Cavs call the timeout, Darius Garland gets the ball. Gets inside the paint, gets into a position where it looks like he's maybe able to get a shot off, but Rudy Gobert is kind of showing at him. And, like, he he may he could say differently. I, I think when you look at the play, the previous possession, he had gotten – or possession before, somewhere in, like, within very recent memory, he had just gotten absolutely swatted by Rudy Gobert. Absolutely just got a shot knocked out of, out of the stratosphere by Gobert. I think what happens here is he sees Gobert and he pivots and he kind of loses control for a second and has to reset. Then you get to a spot where Larry Marketing gets the ball. And you could have argued that Larry Marketing perhaps should have um, tried to just go and, and try to attack in that scramble. But they reset to Garland. He ends up getting a long through after he misses. The Cavs can't get the offensive rebound. Mobley and Allen are there jostling, but they can't get it, can't get a shot up, and they lose. I think if you're the Cavs, you feel like this is a wins and lessons kind of game. I think you should feel like this. I That's think you such like, a, it's such a good quote. Like Ty was being cheeky, but that is such a good quote. Well, and like I think, that, but I but I think to like even like the origin of it, it's like a, a Conor McGregor thing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, like as he had said, wins and lessons. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't f with T- Conor McGregor, but I f with Ty Lue, so I'm going to attribute it to Ty Lue. I think it's like a sports cliche, if we're being honest. It's like it's just a sports cliche that is being said. Doesn't the the origin this of it doesn't va- exactly matter. Either way, this was a valuable learning experience for the yeah. Cavs. But do you do you agree with my assessment of how the end of that game goes? With Garland getting that spot, getting spooked by Gobert, and then that kind of 
the, the flummoxing of the offense kind of stemmed from that. It was pure chaos to end the game for sure. It, it, and the problem is the shot, the three-pointer Darius ended up taking, it almost went in. It bounced around the rim and off, and like you're like, eh. When he made some shots in this game that we'll talk about in the next segment, where he like that yeah. that we won him like the third quarter that I, I think I like smacked your arm because I was just like I yeah, can't believe you took no, that and he, made that because the moon ball me, on it and I was just yeah. like, Ooh. It, Chris and I try to remain neutral as members of the media in the press box, but there's a few times I'm like, oh shit, like that's that's a big play. Um, yeah. Again, it's fun to get excited about like the game itself without yep. you can get excited without like rooting like you if you're not like yep. enjoying it then you're you're not there for sports I spectate well Justin Rowan yep yep so it's just long story short I thought the Cavs had no shot it was admirable that they even were in this position to begin with because the game fell over around the end of the third quarter early into the fourth and then they just they clawed back they fought back and it's kind of just what this team does and you do wonder maybe having Colin Sexton out there to get a few easy buckets, even though statistically speaking, the Cavs are playing a lot better without Colin on the floor right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big what if. I think it was just a chaotic end of possession. I think a little bit of youth and experience. I just think Utah just being a very well-coached defensive team and Rudy Gobert being such an imposing force in the paint, just like it, I just shrugged my shoulders. You know, like I didn't, I didn't expect the Cavs to be even be in that position to begin with, but they are such an admirable team that they clawed and scrapped and fought the way to be in that position. And I can't just help but just throw up my hands and say, yeah, it was a fun game. Hey, if you paid for these Sunday night tickets, like, you you got your money's worth. Like, this was a fun game overall. And Darius is incredible. Um, him taking the next leap, I think JB had a lot of strong things to say about him. But Chris... You know what strong things well, we have well, to say? Hold on one second. Oh. You have one minute. One minute. Oh, right, right. Ugh. Tell everyone about the halftime show. It's, we have ten, You have a minute on the clock starting now. So it was a little goofy. They were rolling out these tarps, and I see these dogs, like, barking, going absolutely nuts. And I'm just sitting like this, just glazed over, because I'm like, the calves are down. Uh, they are down... A little, they're they're down by five at the halftime. So you're like, okay, there's there's a little bit of chance here. I'm like trying to come with some questions post game, maybe things like that. Just like kind of go through my notes mentally and just like what I've been writing down on my own, just to figure out what I want to talk about. That I look over and I see a bunch of dogs barking. Um, it turns out this is a competitive event where dogs have to jump over like four or five hurdles, if I remember correctly, hit a button, and where it dispenses a tennis ball, and then they have to carry the tennis ball and sprint back over those four or five hurdles, and it's like. They do multiple heats, and there's two teams of dogs, and they did, like, a warm-up lap, and there's this Labrador retriever who was just, like, absolutely barking and going crazy and just, like, hyping up the rest of his team. He's, like, bark, bark, barking. Like, he would be a cavalier, really, if he kept barking so much like that, but it was just incredible to watch. I thought I was watching, like, dog racing, which I'm like, oh, this is illegal, but... um It was fun. It was interesting. Um, I don't, I don't ever think I'd know what fly ball was before this but it's a legitimate sport um it's like a legitimate competitive event like there's tutorials online where they you can train your dogs to participate in fly ball and it is a sport that has been around since the 60s dear god but either way um it was fun it was neat there's a lot of good dogs there but the team, the Yellow Lab, won. Uh, Chris Manning is calling himself the Yellow Lab of everything. But, like, 
I was captivated by it. Danny was like getting hyped about uh, Danny Cunningham, friend of the pod, was getting hyped up about it. Behind us, Spencer Davies was not present, but Mac Robinson and I are like doing like what the hell? Like these dogs are so entertaining, and I think it just made up for the fact that God works in mysterious ways. He made the third quarter feel like the longest third quarter of my life, and I took two minutes. So why don't we take a quick break and hear from our wonderful sponsors through our voices? Yeah, that's right. First, guys, have one of our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market look built bar is incredibly is, is a great tasting bar they have so many great different flavors i had a caramel brownie one today that was an excellent little kind of get rid they're of my, my post sweet workout snack right now as i try to get in the shape yeah. for the holidays that's right they're they're great and look if you need a little like you want to save your treats for maybe around the christmas time there's going to be a ton of cookies and sweets go for a built bar right now like if you think about a piece of pie for instance those are 300 calories in a slice if not way more Bill Bars have about 130 with only 4 grams of sugar and plenty of protein. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're great for when you're hungry. So grab some today. Use the promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 50% off at Bill.com. There's new flavors dropping all the time, so go go check them out. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered for all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march towards the playoffs. As I said before, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, and you should head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, maybe even Canadian football and favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Evan, let's talk about Darius Garland. Darius Garland had... I think the biggest weekend of any Cleveland Cavalier, 30 points in back-to-back games for the first time in his career, um, five of six from three on Sunday, four, uh, five of six, uh, excuse me, for three on Friday, and was pulling it up, five of eight, so 10 of 14 over two games from three for Darius. The shot-making, I think, has just become really, really key for him, and he's, I, I think... Especially as Rubio has perhaps cooled off a little bit. I don't know if there's a more... Like, you could argue Mobley, and you could argue Allen. I don't. I think there's valid arguments for those guys. But if you're telling me today, who is the guy that is sort of like the most key to making the Cavs function possession to possession on the offensive end of the floor, and thus sort of like overall game to game, I think it might be Darius Garland right now. I don't really think that's that hot of a take, because yes, Mobley and Allen make their presence felt on the defensive side of the ball, like... Evan Mobley's clutch block to end towards the end of the Jazz game really also helped with the Cavs in that position to get them in like a game-winning scenario like that. But those two can't initiate the offense like Darius does. Like Dar- Jetty and JB and so many other players are just lately talking about how J- Darius is kind of playing chess out there at times where he sees plays as they happen in real time, maybe even before they happen. He's making the proper reads. He's making a concerted effort to get the other players involved. Like Chris and I pointed out, like I think the Jazz respect the fact, like they're one of the first teams really to respect the fact that Darius's bread and butter play is a pick and roll Jared Allen with either a lob or a quick pass towards the rim so Jared can get an easy dunk. And Rudy Gobert read that twice in the third quarter. So clearly, like Darius's playmaking is being respected by good defensive teams. And curious to see how other teams defend it going forward because they play Milwaukee tomorrow night, and we should probably try and touch on that before the show mm-hmm. goes up, mm-hmm. ends up. But 
he's playing really well, and I think the shot making and the shot creation that he is providing in terms of shooting as well. Like I think teams are going to respect his gravity a little bit too and respect his three point prowess going forward as well. Be like, I was expecting a leap from Darius Garland this season. I was really expecting it when Colin Sexton came down. JB Bickerstaff said Darius is more or less carrying this Cavs team ever since Colin Sexton went down. So it's been really fun if you are high on Darius Garland. And I think he is just, a really good player. Like, I don't think that's that hard of a take. Like, I think he could get all-star considerations this year with how well he's playing. I don't think he'll get into the game, but I think he will maybe someday. Um, and he's giving me some Kyrie vibes still. Like, he he stopped on a dime real quick and hit a quick, like, sh- uh, shimmy layup, like, just with some English on the glass. And I was just like, oh, made me think of Uncle Drew a little bit there. So, you know, Darius is fun, man. Um, this has been a really fun week. I think this next upcoming week is another good test for him and the big men. So this this is just watching him grow and just kind of blossom in real time is just really neat to see. Him doing what he's done post-Colin has just been, I think, why the Cavs have someone stayed full. Like, I, I think, you know, we'll did, see did what the Cavs... Did you expect a leap like this? I don't. I think I expected a leap because I think the shot making and stuff I, I was too. like shown I just in didn't flashes. expect this dramatic of one. Like I expected there to be like a little bit of a lull with Colin gone, but like Darius yeah. has just clicked right away. So um, Jackson Frank, who is perhaps higher on Garland than anyone that I know, and Jack, maybe we'll get Jackson on the pod to do a Darius Garland deep dive at some point. Jackson's great. Other than Justin so, Rowan himself. Yeah, but you know, I don't count. I don't count people that are you know team contractors or whatever. Uh, Jackson Frank uh, pointed this out. Act Jack, Jack Frank underscore JF on Twitter. So Cavs post post Sexton coming into Sunday's game. This is Garland taking about six more shots per game. He's averaging about six more points per game. He's up to scoring aggression and he's averaging twenty two seven and three on fifty seven percent true shooting since Sexton's injury. That is like. If you want to say, like, why the Cavs have had an ability for their offense to, like, remain afloat without Colin Sexton, that is, like, a big, big reason why. Darius Garland is, like, that dude, I think. And I think, like, the think about that, that moon ball three-pointer you hit in this game. Like, Where just pulled up. The arm. Yeah. This is a guy that has, like, flashed that the first two years, and this is the first year where, like, you're seeing his ability to get into the paint and read stuff is there. But he's also maybe pairing him with the shot-making. And if this is something that is, like, truly real, if this is something that is truly like now just part of what he is as as a player, like this is a guy that Cavs should absolutely be thrilled to build with for as long as possible, and like they have their core and like if you if they're like, do you think trio, it's a hot take to think that like Garland, Allen, and Mobley are the core three of this team? And you oh no no no, no. I, that's what I was literally about to say. I think those are the three guys that if you want to say these are our three guys that are lock solid in what we're gonna do, it's those three guys. Mm-hmm. And Sexton is probably the fourth, depending on how things play out. He could be it the de- fourth. It depends how this, he bounces back from his injury and how the contract stuff goes. Yeah, this, yeah this, Sexton this, could be yeah, like the, Sexton, the, 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 the yeah. high end support piece for these three. Yeah. Sexton could be number four, and then like everything else, you could like talk to me to a bunch of different things. But Garland is having the kind con- like this is the player that I think I, I said this when I was on um, ninety three last week. This is the guy that Cavs, when they picked him, fifth out of Vanderbilt, even after they had Sexton the year before, and they loved a lot of what Sexton did. This is the guy that they hoped to get all along. This is yep. the guy that we've seen this year, the guy we've seen since Colin Sexton has been out. This is the guy that Cavs have been waiting for, and Darius Garland is on his way to being a star. All right, Evan, let's talk real quickly about Cavs Bucks because 
The Bucks are going through some stuff. They just added Boogie Cousins. Brooke Lopez had back surgery. Uh, they had like a very bizarre starting lineup over the weekend where they had like the guy they picked like 60th in the draft or whatever, or 59th or whatever. Um, I think they just cut him for Wes Matthews too. Yeah, yeah. So like this this team's in, they're still but they're they're defending champs. They're 15 and nine. Um, I was listening to um, another pilot will not be named and uh the, one of the hosts had pointed out that like drew like the lineups with it like drew Giannis, and middleton is still like very good even without like the brook part of it and maybe we overthink sort of brook's impact because of how important he was um in in that when they were mm-hmm. in the finals last year just post the the bucks post the net series especially but give me something you're looking for um for Cavs bucks and the bucks by the way were off on sunday night so the Cavs they'll be getting the, the Cavs will be getting them um, they, they, they last played on, they, they beat the heat on, on Friday mm-hmm. and they were off on Sunday, they whereas the Cavs obviously the were not on Friday. But. Yeah. And the Cavs, as we, as when we were doing media, they were getting ready to literally fly to Milwaukee right after this game. Yeah. I'm going to check the injury report as I talk because Giannis was out Friday against the heat. Yes. So I'll see if he's available for this game, but either way, um, heading into this game, uh, does not have it. So either way, um, it's an interesting matchup for the Cavs overall because against Miami, they started Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, Chris Middleton, and the guy they picked 60th overall that they cut for um, Wes Matthews. I'm not going to picture his name. It's a lot of letters, folks. But, like, Drew is an interesting like, – Milwaukee has the pieces to defend the Cavs really well. I think Drew will probably put the – like, that's going to be a really tough test for Darius, I think – the Cavs are going to have to get creative on how they get Drew off of him and switch scenarios to get him to be more impactful. If Giannis is available, like if they put Mobley on him to open things up, like that's a really tough ask for Evan Mobley to defend, but I think he'll do it adequately. I think Bobby Portis and his switchability is interesting too. I think Boogie Cousins introduces an interesting wrinkle for the Bucs. Um, I do think Brooks... Value is overstated with the guys on the Euro step. I listen to them. Shouts out to friends of the pod. I wish I listen to them quite a bit. Um, it, it's, I think Brooks value is a little overstated. I think it will be missed defensively, but like, yeah, like the Bucks are such a sound team on both ends of the floor. Like they're so highly efficient on both ends of the floor. And Mike Budenholzer is a coach who maximizes the talent and potential of his roster. So I think he'll, they'll just be fine. Like back surgery could be career altering for Brook, but at the same time, like, Giannis is best used at the five for Milwaukee and Brooke was kind of more or less phased out in the playoffs. So again, like his impact wasn't really as huge as people maybe are leading on. Um, Giannis is really the X factor. If he's available, like Allen's going to have his hands full. Bobby's going to have his hands full. Drew's going to make Darius's life tough. I wonder how they're going to play Isaac Okoro straight up. Like, are they going to sag off him like the jazz did tonight? Because, Fear the Sword contributor and friend of the pod and basketball news' own Mark Schindler pointed out, like, it is frustrating at times to watch the Cavs on offense and defense is just kind of disrespect to Coro when he's floating on the perimeter because they want him to shoot three-pointers, and sometimes he makes them, but most of the time he doesn't. I don't know what his percentage is at at this point, but I know it's suboptimal, to say the least. Um, I, this is a big test for the Cavs. If... I think this is like the biggest test they have. Like the Bucks have been a little funky this year. They had a little bit of a championship hangover, but I still think they legitimately have a chance to repeat this year. And if Cleveland is serious about being in the playoffs, this could very well be a team they play in the first round too. Let's see how they match up. Like let's roll the ball out. It'll be fun. Plus, you know, Fiserv's a dope forum. It's one of my favorite forum arena. It's one of my favorite places to visit in terms of league arenas. 
Yeah. Um, this should be a fun game. Central Division game. We'll see how the Cavs look on the second night of a back-to-back. I'll be curious to see oh, also wait, how the Bucks... There might be implications for this one, too. Yeah, well, I mean, big Bro, bets more big there's, Yeah, there's implications on this one. We're going to check. Okay. Division I'll standings. Just, I'll, I'll just say that uh, divisions are dumb in the NBA and that we should abolish them. Um, there are two I, I games be, back currently of Milwaukee at 13-11. and 11. They I forgot Chicago existed for a second, and they're really yeah. good this year. Yeah, Bucks are... They're, Bucks and the Bills are good. Um, I, would, I just said we'll be perpetually curious to see how teams defend Okoro. Every team has done something different to it, and the, the the Jazz took it to an extreme to some degree with often having Gobert on him and just Gobert camping and help side. The Cavs at times were willing to feed Isaac the ball and at times was willing not to. There were times where Darius could have yeah. just fed him the ball for a corner three, and he didn't because like that, and that says something. So I just will perpetually watch this, um, and, and we'll see how that goes. But that is going to be it for this episode of Lockdown Cavs, a very busy weekend of Cavs basketball. Hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Hope you guys have enjoyed uh, all the basketball and have had some fun with this team because I think Evan and I have. But we'll be back uh, tomorrow with another uh, dive into the game. We're going to do go back to our normal recap format considering that's a, it's a weekday, weeknight game. So we'll do our big takeaway, the stats of the night and things, and uh, and then some cleaning out our notebooks for that one, and barring any other news or anything that does happen in that game or before then. But uh, thanks again, by the way, for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, check out Lockdown uh, Fantasy Basketball if you want a great second listen. Uh, Josh Lloyd kills it, so go check that out. And remember, until next time, I'm Chris. He's Evan. We'll be back again tomorrow. Please subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Have a good rest of your Monday.